In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Dear faithful, the epistle of this Sunday's Mass brings us face to face with one of the most dramatic consequences of original sin, to wit, the reality of suffering. As St. Paul puts it, For we know that every creature groaneth and travaileth in pain, even till now. Because of the fallen state of our world and our nature, fallen because of original sin, none of us will remain, will remain entirely immune from sufferings in this life, physical, moral, or otherwise. To note only a few examples, it is surely a small number who do not know some form of pain in this life, be it languishing in a bed of sickness or injury, having to live every day the shell of a former life because of the departure of a spouse or some other grave misfortune, or simply the constant misunderstanding and maltreatment of those with whom we pass most of our days. Some of us will indeed be asked to carry a cross of suffering much weightier than those borne by many of our peers, even to the point of having to practice heroic virtue. This is not necessarily a small number of individuals either. It may include a fair number of those who are here today. Now the temptation to become despondent or to lose hope in the midst of sufferings is understandable given our extreme weakness, but we must not let it have the final word. Indeed, we must resist it with all our might and put all the trust in God that we can muster, confident that our present sufferings are a gift from God to prepare us for an even happier eternity. For as the Apostle to the Gentiles reminds us, what we suffer here below cannot even hold a candle to the glory to which we are destined. The sad legacy of Protestantism has greatly reduced the value of suffering and its place in our sanctification, this process by which, thanks to the grace of God, we become holier. Now, for many Protestants, suffering is simply an unfortunate phenomenon, something to be endured but not having any actual role in the augmenting of our merit. For those in particular who hold to Calvin's doctrine, of sola gratia, grace alone, our sanctification and salvation receive no contribution whatsoever from our good works. The souls of the elect are, as it were, manhandled by God into heaven. As for these individuals, free will is an illusion. For those who believe thus, the fact of Christ's once-for-all sacrifice on the cross renders our works almost totally useless. In this way of thinking, our good works are no more than a visible display or confirmation of our status as good Christians. But how very different is the Catholic understanding of the noble place of suffering in our earthly lives, which models itself on the following words of St. Paul in his epistle to the Colossians, saying that he rejoices, I rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up those things that are wanting of the sufferings of Christ in my flesh 
for his body, which is the church, whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given me towards you, that I may fulfill the word of God. Note that the apostle uses this mysterious phrase regarding the sufferings of Christ, that in fact there is something wanting, that is, lacking in them. So are the Catholic Church and St. Paul and indeed sacred scripture itself teaching that we can work our way into heaven as if our works could rival and value the sacrifice of Calvary? To be clear, no. The sufferings of Christ, inasmuch as he himself is the head of his mystical body, the church, are perfect. They are superabundant for the accomplishment of our redemption. The will of Christ is nevertheless that many sufferings still be borne by the members of his mystical body, all of us. In this way, we can have some small participation in his sufferings and a real opportunity to merit graces from God in view of our eternal salvation. And why should it not be so? For as our Lord reminds us, the servant is not greater than his master. If the world hated him first, it will hate us also. We can take the greatest comfort in knowing, however, that he has conquered the world. Through our humble trust in Jesus Christ and the patient bearing of the sufferings he permits to come upon us, this too can be our destiny. This, of course, is not because God could ever actually owe us anything in strict justice, but in his wisdom, from all eternity, he nevertheless decided to make the granting of certain graces dependent upon the accomplishment of our prayers and good works. As it is written in the book of Jeremiah, there is a reward for our works. Key, therefore, to understanding the place of suffering in our sanctification lies in the phrase of St. Augustine that the God who has created us without our consent will not, will not save us without our consent. He has given us the gift of free will. We have the ability to accept suffering in humble imitation of our Lord or to try and circumvent it, to get around it, avoid it, and choose our own comfort. Let us then realize that it is the narrow way and the hard road of temporary suffering which leads to eternal joy. In the words of St. Paul, by the working out of our salvation in fear and trembling. On the other hand, it is the wide road of our own self-will and indulgence which will lead to our eternal loss. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, Amen.